Together with the Women's Resource Centre, want redress for some 88 HIV-positive women who were forcefully sterilized at public health facilities in South Africa. The organization says government has taken no action since a report that was released by the Commission for Gender Equality. Uh, that report was released last year. They also say President Cyril Ramaphosa must speak out against what they call medical butchers who conducted the procedures. Dr. Stembiso promised Mtembu is co-founder of the Her Rights Initiative. Dr. Mtembu, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, as a background, can you please tell us what it is that you do at the Her Rights Foundation, uh, Her Rights Initiative? Sorry. Uh, good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. Um, Her Rights uh, Initiative is a, a feminist um, women's rights uh, organization. Uh, we work uh, on women's health with a specific focus uh, on the rights of HIV-positive women in South Africa. Yeah. So give us a background on when it is, even before looking at uh, the report that was released by the Commission for Gender Equality, when it was that as an initiative you discovered that HIV-positive women are being forcefully sterilized by the state uh, institutions in our country, the public health institutions in our country? Um, we discovered uh, forced sterilizations of HIV-positive women in the late uh, 90s. Uh, the first case uh, was uh, sterilization was conducted in 1997, and it was documented in 1998. So it's something that has been going on for three decades. Um, the latest case we have in our books uh, is of a young woman who was sterilized uh, in May 2021. Um, as a Her Rights Initiative, we constituted ourselves into an organization in 2008 because we felt that other uh, organizations in the HIV and feminist spaces were not necessarily taking on um, issues of HIV-positive women, particularly this one, because the numbers had increased uh, at the time, you know, and the struggle for treatment was, you know, kind of over, so to speak. It had been won partially, and, uh, you know, then the focus became... Um, you know, focusing on the rights of HIV-positive women, uh, which have been violated, I mean, throughout uh, the beginning of HIV-AIDS uh, in South Africa, really. Yeah. Dr. Mtembo, mm. do, do we have a number? Do we know from uh, the moment uh, we first discovered a case in the 90s to date, uh, you say almost three decades later, do we know how many women have been forcefully sterilized by uh, the public health, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, public health institutions in our country? Um, we don't have the exact number, uh, but we speculate that it is um, in thousands. Um, a study by the Human Sciences Research Council, for an example, which was conducted um, in 2015, commissioned by the South African National AIDS Council, discovered that 7.4 HIV-positive um, women reported to have been forced into sterilization in the past 12 months. Um, the same study uh, discovered that 37% uh, of HIV-positive women in that particular study had been forced into taking contraceptive the uh, Propovera, to be specific. Um, and what that study did is that it confirmed our hypothesis that uh, forcibly sterilizing HIV-positive women is not just a bad behavior of bad doctors. It 
something that is systematic. It's something that is a government policy written uh, and go uh, and, and, and written, and the goal is to end fertility of HIV positive women. So you're saying it's an unwritten government policy. What has government said in your engagements with it about these forced sterilizations? Um, I say unwritten government policy because that's what they've been saying for almost two decades of engaging them. That is not government policy, uh, but it has been continuing. And, uh, you know, they haven't really, you know, done anything to, to end it. Um, we started to engage a government in 2009. Uh, and they told us uh, that they are not going to act on the basis uh, of anecdotes. Um, and that was uh, Dr. Mozzale, who was Minister of Health at the time, in person. Um, we then went to the University of Rasulunatan, uh, head, um, and the School of Law, and requested that they assist us with conducting a study. So we conducted a study in Houten and Rasulunatan, um, and indeed found that women were sterilized and understood the circumstances under which they were sterilized and obviously the impact of sterilization. Yeah. Um, Go on. Yes, yeah. And then we started to prepare um, for litigation, but then uh, found stumbling blocks because at the time we're considering it as medical negligence and not as human rights as such. In 2014, we were able to take one case to court in Gauteng, and that case was settled uh, out of court. And then in 2015, we then decided to go to the Commission for Gender Equality to seek redress that we would have sought uh, in the court uh, of law. Um, and that's basically where we are now. And the case has changed now. It's not medical negligence, which is subject to prescription. It is now gross human rights violations. Yeah. based on the findings of the CGE report. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the redress that you asked for from the Commission for uh, Gender Equality and the report subsequently that came out of uh, the Commission for Gender Equality, I want to talk about your report uh, a little bit. And in, in your reports, you say you found that, uh, you know, uh, women who are living with HIV were forced to consent to sterilization in circumstances that undermined their ability to act voluntarily and amounted to cruel or degrading treatment. Are you able to elaborate for me as to what happens at the moment uh, of sterilization of these HIV-positive women? Are they, um, you know, are they you know, given some sort of drug that forces them uh, to, you, you know, not uh, be very cognizant of what's happening to them? Uh, are they forced to sign? How exactly is the process happening? Okay, so for sterilization and coerce, it happens in three ways. Um, I mean, first uh, is where, I mean, you'll remember that in early 2000s, uh, up to very late 2000s, that HIV-positive women were encouraged to have C-section deaths, uh, you know, because of prevention of mother-to-child transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, large numbers of sterilizations happened at that time because basically doctors had access to women's wombs and tubes. Um, and butchered them, uh, as, as we say. So within that cohort, um, most of the women did not know that they were sterilized uh, until much later when they were trying to conceive or have uh, complications and side effects. Mm. Because um, by its very nature, this operation is violent. Uh, you know, so, you know, there are women who have had unhealed wounds for 15 years, you know, for an example, nerves and things like that. Mm. Other women would sign the consent form for sterilization. You know, but they would sign on their way to theater, 
or when they are in labor ward, mm. uh, you know, ready to deliver naturally, and then they'll be picked to say you have HIV, so you must be taken to theater. Mm. Um, and, you know, as they finding on torture, degrading and humiliating treatment is that some women would sign the consent form after being uh, humiliated. Yeah. You know, and obviously other women would be sterilized in a way uh, where you know that cervical cancer is one of the HIV-related uh, opportunistic infections, mm. which does not appear in, tra- uh, in AIDS treatment, by the way. But some women uh, would have doctors saying, you have HIV, you might develop cancer some 10, 15 years from now, so I'm removing uh, your, your womb or your uterus or, or your cervix, you know, and that amounts to forced sterilization amongst other violations that amounts, you know, that that is. Yeah, and and then let's t- let's talk. Uh, did I lo- did I lose uh, Doctor Mtembu? Doctor Mtembu, you still there? I am still oh, okay. here. Okay, okay. So yes. let's talk about the the redress uh, um, uh, that uh, you are, are seeking through uh, the um, the Commission for Gender Equality, who released their own report uh, last year. Um, what where is that process now, following uh, the release of that report? Okay, so the redress we are seeking is from the state. Uh, the Commission for Gender Equality investigated the matter over five years and they released uh, the report. Mm. Um, you know, and as far as we are concerned, the CGE has delivered, so to speak. Uh, it was the first constitutional body, by the way, to investigate such a matter in the entire world. Yes. Um, they issued recommendations, which were, some of which were directed, directed to the Department of Health and some were about law reform and some, you know, directed to medical professionals, the health professionals at council. Um, and one of the recommendations was that the Department of Health should engage in a dialogue with the victims uh, for the purposes of finding appropriate redress. So what the Department of Health did um, after the CGE had put them in MORA, and MORA is the final warning to say, if you do not respond, we're taking you to court. Mm. They assembled an illegal committee, uh, you know, picked um, medical professionals, formulated them into a committee, and this committee uh, drafted what they called a redress package, which they then presented to us. Mm. Uh, You know, and uh, I mean, obviously, the package is not informed by the experiences of women and the needs of women, and they, you know, it it was supposed to be the other way around. Um, We then rejected this package and um, i would say what is in this uh, package we rejected this package we had a consultation with the department of health in june and they said they were going back to the minister uh, with our you know sort of conference with this package so what is uh, what we call this package we say you've broken my arm you broke my arm 10 years ago mm. and uh, i took you to the police um you know, and for some reason, the police, which is the CGE, decided that you, um, as a perpetrator, must, you know, fix me, like decide uh, on the justice that is due to me. And what we are doing is that we are coming with the arm to say, here is your arm, I'm going to collect it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is because this offer is uh, saying women who want their troops to be joined again, they can join their troops. But we know that uh, success rate in those is less than 5%. Women have grown, you know, older, um, and it says IVF, and we know that, you know, from a gender perspective, an African perspective, you know, IVF is a no-no. Um, but it's hard uh, to do it. Um, 
you know, and also it doesn't consider the damage in women's lives, you know, from when they were sterilized up to now, their ages, and how this has changed their lives. Marriage is gone, uh, women being called barren, women having mental health issues, and women past uh, the, the, the reproductive age. And then what it also provides, uh, which is uh, an insult uh, to us, is that it, it says there is no financial compensation. It says each victim will be issued with a letter, a letter of apology signed by the Minister of Health to say we are sorry about what happened to you. And, and so you're, you're not in acceptance of this, obviously. No, absolutely not. Mm. Um, I mean, we think it's, it's actually secondary uh, victimization uh, mm. of the women, mm. which is what, you know, and we, they released the offer in March this year. We consulted on the offer for four months, and then in June we had a consultative meeting with them, and we have not seen the report of that meeting. We have not seen the feedback from the minister, you know, basically saying, you've rejected this offer, and this is the counter offer. Mm. You know, and now we are going to the state president, because the findings of the CGE report, actually, um, it found that 26 human rights, a, a combination of 26 human rights of the women were violated. You've mentioned the torture fund finding, mm. which then becomes the first degree human rights violation. So the president is sitting with the victims of torture in his country, and he has not said or done anything. Yeah. Remember, the findings are to the state. It is the state that violated the women, not yeah. the Department of Health. The yeah. Department of Health is not responsible for safeguarding the rights of women. Yeah. Um, so the state president has not said or done anything. The study that I was referring to, the where 7.4 uh, women were discovered, at that time, the state president was the chairperson of the South African National AIDS Council. So basically, he had commissioned that particular study. Okay. Um, can I ask you to pause? Uh, can I ask you to oh, pause, Doctor Mtembo? No, it's fine. Uh, we'll continue after the news headlines, and and I want us uh, when we continue after the the news headlines to have you tell me what the ac- acceptable redress would be and the kinds of levels of awareness you're doing now, um, and allow you an opportunity to talk to HIV positive women uh, on the platform that may be listening uh, about their rights when they're going into uh, the hospital to have a baby. We're talking to the Her Rights Initiative about uh, uh, the redress that they want for some 80, 80 HIV positive women who are forcefully sterilized at public health facilities in South Africa. It's 10.30 News Headlines. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 10.32. Just in case you just joined us, uh, we have been in conversation with uh, the Her Rights Initiative, uh, who, together with the Women's uh, Resource Center, uh, want redress for some 80 HIV-positive women who were forcefully sterilized at public health facilities in our country. The organization says government has taken no action yet since uh, a report by the Commission for Gender Equality that was released last year. It also says President Cyril Ramaphosa must speak out against what they are calling medical butchers who conducted these producer, these procedures. I'm sorry. Uh, the conversation is with Dr. Stembi, so promise um, Tembu, who is the co-founder of the Her Rights Initiative. What would be, uh, Dr. Tembu, what would be acceptable redress according to your initiative? Okay. 
It's difficult to um, have a figure, uh, but we see redress in three ways. Um, I mean, first, uh, it's redress for the damages and trauma that women suffered then, that women are suffering now, and that women will suffer in the future. Um, you know, so it, it would be something that is, you know, on case-by-case basis. Um, I mean, for an example, a woman who was sterilized after giving birth to a child who subsequently died would, you know, be probably be due for higher, you know, compensation than a woman who gave birth uh, to a child that lived and had three uh, other uh, children. Um, and we also uh, are expecting constitutional damages because the constitutional rights of the women were violated. Um, and the other form of redress um, is um, ending forced uh, sterilization uh, of HIV-positive women. Uh, we wrote a complaint uh, to CIDO, the committee, United Nations Committee, um, on eliminating all forms of discrimination against women. And it made a very strong recommendation to the South African government that the government must immediately end force uh, sterilization uh, of HIV-positive women. Um, we are, I mean, um, working on like different, uh, you know, research projects and, and assessment so that we are able to get into a just uh, compensation figure for each woman. So what we are doing is that we are conducting uh, gynecological assessments uh, for all the victims to look at what happened, was it justified, what are the side effects now, what are the complications, and what is likely to happen uh, in the future. Um, and we're doing this partly because they, when the CGE was investigating, one of the challenges is that the files had gone missing and or disappeared. So we're trying to um, bridge that gap. Uh, we also are conducting a research that is assessing each woman, um, the impact, the mental health um, impact uh, of forced sterilization uh, on each uh, individual woman. Um, and uh, I mean, for that, we are working with the University of Wazulu Natal, the School of Psychiatry and the Medical School. Um, and we also have a study we are conducting with UNISA, the School of Humanities, where we are looking at the social impact uh, of sterilization from the feminist perspective, you know, to say, what does it mean to be barren and in Isizulu, in Yomba, um, in a, you know, in the South African context, and what are the implications? Um, I mean, for an example, some women have had their lebola uh, being revoked. The Traditional uh, Marriages Act, for an example, um, uh, gives power to the male spouse to take another wife if they are not able to bear children. You know, women have been excluded from traditional dances. You know, so the entire social impact so that it's also counted uh, mm. in the redress package as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got a caller. Before I ask you my last question, I think uh, she uh, perhaps wants to ask you a question. Galanga in Bombela. Good morning, Galanga. Morning, Katie and the guests. How are you? We're good, thanks. Yes, what those uh, medical officers did is uh, medically, morally, and ethically unacceptable. Uh, I think uh, consequence management must be strengthened. Uh, Those people must be dealt with and be given the harshest uh, punishment for their deeds. I call upon all progressive organizations like your Section 27 to help the doctor there to bring a lawsuit against all those medical officers who did this unacceptable act. Yeah.
Okay, thank you. Uh, is is that something you've considered uh, an an uh, uh lawsuit uh, for the for the eighty uh, against the government? Is that something that you've considered at all as the Her Rights Initiative? Um, yes, I mean we are a victim-centered organization, so we engage healthcare professionals, but you know our primary goal is to get justice for the for the women. The recommend, one of the recommendations of the Commission for Gender Equality is that the Health Professionals Council should investigate the doctors who are conducting this and discipline them uh, accordingly. Uh, we liaise with the Health Professionals uh, Council, um, and the last time we heard from them, which was August, was that they were still uh, conducting the uh, investigation. Mm. There was also a specific recommendation that went to DINOSA, the Democratic Nurses Association, um, you know, such that they also engage their mem- members so that they do not facilitate this because the form, the consent form, it is normally the nurse who gives the form to the patient. Um, you know, DINOSA are not investigating because they said that they do not sterilize. They get told what to do, you know, and this is how their uh, uh, profession uh, operates. Um, our target is the Department uh, of Health because the doctors do this in the employ um, of the Department of Health. Mm. And we fear that from a strategic perspective that if we go for the doctors from a, like a legal front is that we are going to end up in some trade union situation, mm. you mm. know, that is not necessarily going to bring justice to the women. Yeah. So it is incumbent upon the Department of Health to discipline these doctors um, if the doctors were not acting uh, on, on their mandate, you know, because, I mean, as I said, we think it is systematic. Um, and remember, sterilization is not free because it is an operation that has to be done under general anesthetic. You know, and if you do so many, you know, thousands, surely there is a budget line, you mm. know, the, you know, the, for anesthetic, the doctor will do it, um, you know, the, the scraps, the theater booking, you know, so... So it is systematic. Mm. We are paying for it, and the department must take responsibility for that. Mm. You know, mm. I, I want to ask the awareness question, uh, and I was I was thinking of uh, 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 you know a, a separate scourge of, of of rape and issues of awareness in our country, where sometimes women get told try not to wear short clothes, try not to, which you know further inhibit women's rights in general. But I suppose for the purposes of this conversation, I have to ask the awareness question uh, because uh, the forced sterilization, as you said at the beginning of our of our conversation, are still happening. So what kind of awareness are you doing? And if somebody who's HIV positive and perhaps pregnant is listening to this conversation that we're having and is about to go into a public health facility to go have a baby and is not wanting to be sterilized, what would your message be to them? What should they be aware of? Hmm. Yes, um, in terms of awareness, um, we get women to come, you know, to her rights initiative and the Women's Legal Center because the victims, some of the victims share their personal uh, 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 stories. We, they opt to be called victims because they have not survived uh, anything. Mm. You know, then women will come to the fold. You know, and remember, KG, that um, uh, it is highly likely for HIV-positive women to disclose their HIV status rather than to disclose the fact that they are 
infertile. You know, so it's very difficult for women to, um, you know, come out and talk about these issues. Mm. Um, and in, in terms of awareness, we reach out to support groups uh, of HIV-positive women to say, you know, try by all means to protect and guide, you know, and, and safeguard your rights. But, you know, with this particular one, you can't really target women for awareness because what power do you have if you are being wheeled into a theater and you are in labor, mm. in labor pains, you know? Mm. So, you know, so, you know, sometimes you, we feel that if we target women for, for awareness, we actually are putting the blame uh, on, on the women yeah. themselves. Yeah, Ooh. and in terms of violence, I like the fact that you are mentioning violence because the United Nations also calls forced sterilization one of the worst forms of violence against women. And the state president is leading a huge campaign, massive campaign uh, on violence against women. But that plan has not included HIV-positive women as a group, a conversation for another day that is vulnerable to violence and femicide, but has also not included this form of violence, which is state-sanctioned. Um, you, you know, and we asked ourselves in meeting that, I mean, aren't we women? That's what women are saying. Are, are we not women? Why is the president not paying uh, attention to this particular form of violence, given that it is one of the worst forms of violence against women? What is your website at the Her Rights Initiative, and are you on the socials? Yes, uh, website under construction, uh, it would be www.hri.org.za. We are on the social uh, Twitter and Facebook. We go as uh, HRISA and Twitter is uh, HRISA1. And uh, I'm also happy to share the mobile number uh, we, we use for public purposes. Um, and that number is 82 Thank you very much uh, for uh, your time, Dr. Mtembu. We appreciate it very so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Mtembu, so promise Mtembu, co-founder of the Her Rights Initiative.